Hey, everyone. So I'm here with Brandon Storaki. He's a writer and creator of the Avalon series. Brandon, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So whenever I, so with any interview, anytime I'm, I'm talking to a new creator, I always kind of like to get an idea of how that person found their way into what they are doing, right? So if it's comics, I'd love to know what's your background in comics? Is it something that you started out with as a kid? Did you find it as an adult? Just give me a little bit of, just on your own background in, in, in comic books. Yeah. Uh, so the background with comic books, it isn't, it isn't an extensive one. You know, I was, you know, I've, I've talked to people in the past that literally said they, they came out of the womb and they're already reading comics, you know, uh, but for me, it was, you know, it was bigger uh, getting the comics after watching the show of the walking dead and uh, about two, three seasons into it when it first came out is when I realized it was actually a comic. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. So I ended up buying all those comics and reading all those. And that kind of uh, was the gateway for my comic uh, kind of adventure, I guess, for that I would read, you know, the traditional Batmans and all that stuff too. And just like kind of horror kind of lower kind of end uh, comic books, like the crazies or 30 days of night and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll read like the bigger superheroes as well, but it's not an extensive story. You know, I read comics here now, you know, because I'm obviously making comics now, but, you know, uh, I've just been interested in the whole entertainment aspect of everything my whole life. You know, my dad was a big movie watcher and uh, obviously I grew up with that and I was a big movie guy or I was, you know, before this process, because now I just dive in deep with uh, the whole creating process in general. Yeah. No, you know, it's, it, that, that's a great point that you bring up. I think it gets a little intimidating sometimes when you meet those people that know every issue of every comic that's ever been made. Um, and I think there are a lot of us that like, you know, I'm kind of similar to you where I, I grew up with comics and reading them as a kid. And then I kind of disappeared for a while. And then I refound it as an adult. Yeah. And, but I, you know, and I, and I, and I collect comics, I read, but I'm not like, I'm, I'm not somebody who, you know, every Friday I'm going to going to the shop and getting every book, but I found it such a great, way to tell stories that there's a passion you know that that's been developed there as well so i kind of definitely identify with that you know that. yeah of course of course and like you said though too and like having those people that know it you, like in the beginning of all of it too I, I almost was like one foot in one foot out i was like i don't know enough yeah. i don't even know what i call myself in this kind of uh, yeah. situation but you know it's cool to hear it that uh you know coming from you as well that you were in it and then you were out for a while and then you came back into it as yeah. well you know it's reassuring i guess for somebody like me Exactly. And I think everybody's like that. I, I think, yeah. you know, I mean, not every, there's so many different, you get, you get so many different people um, that have their own entryway into it. Sure. And, I think it just, yeah. and I think it's just also that it's grown so much in the last decade as, as a medium that, that's been taken somewhat seriously, I right. think helps a lot yeah. Um, yeah. and just gives us, yeah, an avenue to tell stories. Um, so, so prior to your comic, then uh, did you have any background in creative writing or any interest in creative writing? Or is that just something that like you had the story and, you know, and you you needed to tell it? Yeah, it's more the second option. You know, I I have no real background in it. It's kind of a learn as you go kind of thing. Um, the idea was there way back when I was in high school. Um, I don't even know what that is now, eight, eight nine years ago uh, at this point, but didn't know what to do with it. So I kind of, you know, put it away and and then I met Alan, which is, you know, the the writer as well in this comic as well. So we kind of collaborated and all that stuff. And, you know, he he liked the idea that I had the original idea and we kind of worked on it together and kind of made it blossom. And um, so no real background. It's just like I said, kind of learn as you go. Alan had some sort of foot in the in the entertainment industry. You know, he had a, a whole music thing going on in the past and all that. So that he, he kind of understood some aspects of it, you know, but we were kind of learning together. But uh knowing that as well it was easy for us to kind of adapt to it slowly and kind of understand that this stuff doesn't come easy and kind of work towards it and, it, and understanding it would be a couple drafts and all that stuff as well and not really being discouraged with all the 
stuff that comes with the creating and the writing process. Yeah. It's funny, it's funny you're mirroring me too, because I have a writing partner, not on my comic books, but um, I'm working on a couple of audio dramas and yeah. my writing partner is a good friend who's also comes from, comes to it from music. So yeah. neither of us like necessarily like from a deep creative writing background, but. Right. But, uh, but, you, but yeah. it's, but it still works in a certain way, you know, yeah. it, like he's like, you know, coming from him and his experience and hearing it from him, he's, he had his foot in the industry in itself yeah. and, and, and understanding at least, you know, with the music, it, it's not going to be easy. It's, it's something that you got to learn. It's something that you got to keep pushing for and know yeah. that there's going to be drafts and drafts and drafts and drafts until you get to the yeah. final product. Well, it's very similar to songwriting. Like a songwriter, yeah. songwriters are telling a story, whether they're telling it through their lyrics, which in this case, my friend is a very good lyricist, but like, but like, or if they're telling it through music, it's still, you're still telling yeah. a story. You're still drawing yeah. emotions out of people. So I think there are very obvious and clear parallels, you know, between the two. Yeah, you said it better than I could. <laughs> so, so tell me about. So let's talk about Avalon. Um, I did. I had a chance to read the first issues, and and I'm not blowing smoke. I I really thought it was fantastic. I think. Thank you. You do a really good job. Um, you know, when you're dealing with like the horror and zombie genre, I think tension is is the is the key to telling sure. stories. And um, and I do think you do a really great job of of managing tension. And I want to get into a little bit more, uh, you know, as far as how you are able to work that into your stories. But um, I guess tell just tell listeners a little bit about the story and how you came about that idea and and, and you know moving forward with it. Yeah. So oh yeah. So uh, about the story, basically, it's just you follow the cast. It's a world that is created right from issue one and you follow their journey and trying to find some everlasting kind of safety and all that stuff. And, you know, the family that you meet uh, immediately, you could tell that there there's drama before the apocalypse even kind of technically starts. And one of the old, the oldest brother, Andy, is uh, about 30, 40 minutes away in the, in the bigger city uh, as a police officer. And the other, you know, three quarters of the family is uh, in a small little town dealing with their own issues. And they have a lot of problems that lead up to issue one that we, that we will learn in the next few issues coming up as well. And uh, obviously in issue one, you get hit with this apocalypse, this whole zombie like kind of thing coming out and really uh, experimenting with that. And there's different elements that we, we wanted to touch because the zombie genre has been done over and over again. So we had to think of some kind of new flavor to do it because I'm a big fan myself of the genre you know, but, you know, it's really trying to ground this story in as much reality as possible. Uh, and and that could be hard sometimes, you know, given the fiction, the fictional nature of this kind of storyline and genre. And uh, but it also could be easy in the same sense where, you know, breaking it down, breaking the characters down, making the world feel real, making the infection feel real. And that was one of the big things that. Before we even started the whole writing thing and the character development was what is this? What, is, what are we going to make? What's, what, what's going to be different? What's going to be traditional? What's going to be all those things? We figured all those things out. And then, you know, once we hit it, you know, we, we knew that's what it was and, you know, building the, the characters and the world around the infection that we, you know, found and all that stuff too. And, you know, is a kind of a mirror ish thing of my life. You know, I have, I have two brothers myself. Um, we've all dealt with, you know, family issues. We've all dealt with anxieties and depressions and all that stuff as well. And, you know, I, I know people that have dealt with it and, you know, we've in our own kind of ways, especially with the pandemic that we just came through, we all kind of dealt with some sort of mental health kind of uh, aspect of something, but it's, it's, it's applying that making it feel real and making everybody read it and go, okay, I can relate to that. I can see why that happened and all that stuff going forward. Yeah. Well, no, as an aside, did, did dealing, so, you know, obviously you had this idea before pre COVID and pre pandemic, yeah. did the pandemic have an impact on your own storytelling or, or, or storylines or how you wanted to tell the story? 
I, th- I think it, uh, not so much the story aspect itself. I think it makes it easier for me to sell the story, you know, because yeah. now people can go, oh, OK, I, I see what he's saying now, because we dealt with something kind of like this where, you know, the world, you know, one night you go to bed and the next night you're like, OK, this stuff's real. This stuff's happening. Now we have to start figuring this stuff out and this and the slow progression of trying to figure out what's going on uh, at, in, in the next second ahead of you. And then what do we have to stock up on? What are we going to work tomorrow? You know, these are real thoughts that people had. You know, is everybody doing OK? Is my family doing OK? Like, do I have to go to work tomorrow? Am I waiting for a text to say works off today? You know, stuff like that. Like, so we, we've all had to deal with that one way or another. And it's, and it's an easy because it kind of goes down that pandemic thing, obviously on a higher level, because now you got people like eating each other, but you know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, that it, it's easier to sell it, but it, it definitely makes it easier to write it as well, because a lot of this stuff was real. A lot of this stuff you could take from the source of life right now that we all had to deal with and kind of uh, implement it in our story. So you mentioned, you touched on this, that, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, I think we've seen a lot of the post-apocalyptic drama. We've seen a lot of zombie stories, pandemics. We've dealt with the pandemic. What, uh, what, what did you do to really try to set your story apart from other things that we've seen? Uh, trying to ground it in the reality, as I mentioned, you know, may, and really shining light on the mental health aspect of things mm-hmm. and uh, the real life physical issues that people deal with on a day to day basis. You know, people people have broken limbs, people deal with, you know, people have to take medications for their physical uh, problems and all that stuff like asthma, diabetes, you know, cancers, you know, treatments and all that stuff, too. So it's actually really shining the light on that rather than bringing up a character and go, oh, this person has asthma and OK, that's cool. And then they kind of slowly put them in, you know, hide them and you never see them again or hear the problem again. It's just, those things are going to be big story elements for us. So those aren't going to be just discussed for a moment and then buried, you know, and, and that's what I found, you know, being, you know, a fan of the genre that I found that happens more often than not. And it's, it's kind of frustrating because, you know, coming from me, you know, one of the earliest questions I asked myself was how would I do in a situation like this? How would I survive the apocalypse? And that was the first question that really made this kind of project come to life. And, um, now everybody else can ask that as well. And and one of the things that, you know, we added a new writer, Callie Oberlander to the project for se- the more for the season two kind of thing. And she helped out with the back half of the first season, but uh, she brings that as well. She brings that, that real life kind of uh, issues and f- making it all feel real and uh, having everybody, everybody's able to relate to somebody or something going on in this story. Nobody's going to feel left out. How do you how do you find the process of collaborating with writers? Do, is it a bit of a you know is there tension at, at all, or do you do you flow really well or work well as a kind of a writing team? For for me, it's 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 almost it's easier for me because it's it's nice to have that kind of help and that kind of guidance. Um, with Alan, I've had it uh, a lot more in the first kind of season and all that stuff as well, and having him, you know we were kind of going through it together and, but he, but he had that upper hand because he knew some sort of the creating process of at least in the music and all that stuff too. So I was able to kind of like steer me in a direction that sounded good and all that stuff. Cause I knew what I wanted, but it was all about making it flow, making it all, make it all come to life in the proper way and all that stuff. So that's where we bounce our ideas. And I, I like to be a sponge myself and soak in all the information I can get. And with Callie, uh, she's ha- she has many projects that she's worked on, you know, films, podcasts, uh, and, and acting and writing and all that good stuff. And, she has her own podcast that she does too. I'll shout it out real quick. Tia on Rio show. Uh, but she does, she does it very good. She, she has experience in it and having her alongside of it as well. It's, it's nice for me to kind of learn from her and take this project and move forward with it because we have a lot of the same visions and what, what her storytelling is and mine is right now. That's where, that's where it's going in season two. And it, it's I, in my head, it's, it's only going to help me and the story grow. 
Yeah. So I guess, um, and this maybe take a step back of a question. Um, when you hadn't had this idea, was it always in your mind going to be a comic or did you ever think, oh, maybe I'll do a prose novel. Maybe I'll, I'll write a screenplay. Like, I guess, A, was it always a comic? And if it wasn't, what made you decide to go the route of making it a comic? So it wasn't supposed to be a comic. The first time when I had the idea, I wanted it to be a screenplay. I wanted it to be a movie, you know, at first and all that stuff or, or a small series, whatever it was. And, but, but the problem was, is I, nothing, you know, uh, no family members, nothing. So I was, that's when I originally kind of just buried it for a little bit. And then, kind of working up for it and then when alan and i kind of uh were figuring out what we wanted it was it was going to be a novel for uh, a little bit there but but then i'm sitting there thinking i don't like reading long books like that and i had uh, one of the walking dead comic books on my desk as well and then i shot him a text i said why don't we just make a comic book mm-hmm. and, I'll, and then he's and then he's like i'm listening and all that stuff and i kind of was like we could do this this and that and make it look more more movie like because the original idea was supposed to be a movie and with comics, you can kind of do that on a way, way, way cheaper scale than actually having a film crew and all that stuff as well. But and we're able to do that now because of the artist we have as well. He makes the panels look like a like a camera angle or camera flow and going back and forth on the page there. And that was basically the why it's a comic now. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, now, did you if if you could go back and tell you because because I think everybody that you know works in the first comic kind of has this not realizing how hard it actually is were you ready for how difficult the process would be or you know did did you know like initially like if you go back and talk to yourself would you say yeah this is gonna be a lot harder than you expected or was it pretty much what you expected the process of actually creating that first book so i won't i won't say i thought it was going to be easy but uh, but i also it's not like the the writing and all that stuff is like hard per se it's it's all the stuff that comes with it you've got to find you've got to sell it you gotta you gotta be able to make money to make the physical issue and and then kind of find a fan base. You have to be able to write it and create a big world and in a condensed twenty four page setting. It's not like a big hour and a half two hour movie that yeah. you can kind of like show everything off and and get those action scenes all that good stuff. But these are these are condensed and we're doing the twenty four pages. I know other people do more pages, but I found that to be the the common kind of thing. So I, I kind of shaped it around that the case you know as soon as we got all that done it was it became easier writing the comic but but now it's just like again not easy but it's but it's harder than i thought it was gonna be yeah you know what i mean originally yeah. well yeah i think a lot of you know if if you're a good storyteller you're gonna be able to the story is comes easy but i think it's a lot of the the scripting it and getting it to the artist yeah. and the the dynamic with the artist and then getting it print you know getting the it's just a lot of work um that's beyond just like creating a story so right and and i think one thing you brought up too that i would like to touch on too is the dynamics that you have with the artist and and fortunately for us that we have demetrius and he's very easy to work with he's very uh is a you know very good work ethic he does a very good job and he he's always getting stuff done on a timely fashion and all that stuff he he loves the project that uh, of avalon too and which is great you know for me to hear and uh to have an artist that actually wants to be here you yeah. know he loves the story and loves the progression of the things he always you know kind of makes comments of things that are happening in the story and how in how he wants to when i send him the script he he has the overall script and then he's breaking it down he's like this would work here here and here yeah. and now we're at a point with our relationship that i trust him on each page yeah. and i'm like just shoot for it let me see what you got and it looks good then we just roll with it you know yeah. so you know having that dynamic with the artist is definitely a plus for me that, yeah that's, that's huge thing. 
Yeah, actually, I got lucky like with the, you know, the, my my first book is that I got an artist that's just like that. And you have that dynamic. Yeah. And it's amazing because then you just, you and and there's so much into the story that you trust that, hey, I trust that what you're going to do, you know, send, yeah, send it over. Mm-hmm. And it's generally going to be better than what I thought of because yeah, you know, I, I can go up with the story, exactly. but I'm not, you know, I'm not the visual person. I'm not yeah. drawing it. And so the fact that, you know, they're able to do that. And then it's nice the, that if they're into it, because then they're going to come, they might have ideas of their own. And and so it's, it's nice to have somebody that is, you know, obviously they're doing it for money, but it's all, they're not just doing it for the pay for the paycheck. They actually yes, which yeah. is awesome. You know, you said a lot of good points there as well, and those are all things that I feel and I've said in the past. You know, to the team and you know to other people as well. Like those, those are big things to have, big pluses to have when you're making a comic book, and uh, it, it alleviates some of the stress of dealing with all the other things like the marketing right. to selling and you know all and the creating process alone. When like you said, I I like to just let the artist be the artist. You know, now yeah. you know in the beginning I, I was kind of strict on it because I didn't you know. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. It was, you know, at that point it was like a job, but now we've developed a relationship over time. And now I trust him and I trust what he can do with, with the panels and the pages and what he can show the readers and myself. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I want to talk a little about your write uh, about your writing process. Like I like talking to writers um, and just getting kind of picking their brains. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to talk to you a little bit about how you craft a story. So I, and I always kind of go back to there's that you know, George R. R. Martin kind of talks about how there's like there's an architect and the gardener. Like the, right, the architect kind of plots and plans everything out, you know, beginning to end and writes, and then you have the gardener who just kind of writes, you know, just and, and just you know just kind of plants a seed and lets it go. Yeah. Um, where would you say you are? And granted, like comics, I feel like you kind of have to be more of an architect. But how where do you feel you are? are you know on that scale and and the the thing is is i think i'm i'm in the middle there you yeah. know and because because the thing the the thing is is i know the big points i want to hit in this story i know how i have a general general understanding of how i'm going to end it now what leads up to that moment i still have to figure out you know i have the big highlights of the story per se but i, I have to figure out like and what i've noticed from the first draft of issue one when Alan and I were originally going to, you know, get it out there with the different artists, you know, uh, and then we realized that this script is not done. You know what I mean? So we're like, hang on a second, we got to, we got to pull it back. And then when we, when we, uh, what we're talking about, we're discussing, we had meetings and trying to figure this out. We, we stretched the original issue one to about three, four issues that you guys are reading now, you know, that's out right now, which is a cool kind of learning curve for myself and Alan as well, you know, is, you could stretch a lot of this stuff out in the comic world and make it, it still make it interesting and fun and and have that, like you were mentioning earlier too, the tension and all that and keeping all those moments and making them big moments and all that stuff. But I, like to answer again, your question, I think I'm in the middle there because I'm still learning as we go along. You know, uh, I have general ideas of what I want with each season moving forward, but I just, you know, from that learning curve that I have in, from issue one, I think it's going to be, a whole new process and understanding all that stuff. And I think I'll end up turning into that architect, uh, architect that you're talking about, yeah. especially having Callie a part of the team. Yeah. That makes sense actually. Now, so, so if I'm right, then issue where issue three ends is where issue one was supposed to end. Y- yes. Okay. That, yes. that's, that makes sense. I like that you, it, 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 it took, I think it took balls to not do that. And yeah. it made, it, I think it was the right choice um, yeah, because I, it does help with the tension. Yeah. Right? Like if all that happened in 22 pages, it was a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I see, I it makes a lot of sense to me that you, you make that you, you hold, hold back. Yeah. Um, cause I think it may, and that pays off better too. Cause I, I thought that's like, you know, um, the biggest moment, obviously it's, it's the end of the issue three and it is the big moment. I think that you're all, that you're all, you know, also kind of, there's this, there's a tension of anticipating it. Yeah. And so I, it, it does, I think it works that you, you held off that. So that makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, and I'm glad we did as well because there's so much more development. There's so much more we could we learn from, and and how one of the characters obviously is bit early on, and then you kind of see that you know firsthand what happens to you when you get bit, yeah. and in and kind of shining the light on that through the three issue span as well, which 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 is a cool thing that we ended up coming up with later on yeah. um, after that first horrible draft, you know. So, <laughs> but having that now and having that be the case now that everybody can kind of see it and see the development, see the development of the infection, the development of the characters and the stresses of the characters that they have to deal with and actually letting it kind of burn in a slower rate than just bang, 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 bang. Now we're on to the next issue. Yeah, that makes sense. So now as you pr- prepare to write an issue, um, what's the process like for you? Like, how do you, you know, is there, do you guys collaborate? Do you have like a writer kind of writer's room? What's that process for you as far as like just getting in, getting an issue together? Sure. So right now it's, it's different than what I did with the, than what we did with the first season. Um, right now with season two, basically uh, I have the idea, like the mood I want for the season. That's the first thing I'd want to figure out. Um, it's kind of like the title of the season per se, you know, like the first, the first season in my head is just called changes are coming. It's just, it's just an obvious title. It's, it's a bland title. It's just, it's just a very easy thing. Uh, but we have a mood for season two and now each now that the mood set uh I, now i set the moods for each issue for for the six issues in, in the season that we have and then after that you know I, I bullet point each point that's going to happen in the issues and so on and now and then at that point we we go over those and then we start writing panel layouts and dialogue and all that stuff as well so it's just probably like a three four step process now what's how how, how much time does it take for you to get an issue together uh, I, I wouldn't say long, especially with this process that we're doing now. It's like, cause we're getting rid of all the, the meat part. It's just kind of interweaving it with each other now. And I feel yeah. like that's just going to be the, the easier part, you know, cause that stuff to me and to Callie as well, it just, it just kind of flows. Like when we get to the dialogue and the, the, the panels, it just, uh, we think of it in a movie set setting and all that stuff. I don't know how other people do it as well. It's just, I can only speak for myself, but it just seems easier with that whole process. And it just smoothly kind of goes from one to 24, yeah. Um, and which is good, you know, but now will you plan out, like, will you in part of the process, are you planning out page one, you know, eat, like page one has this page two, has, you know, all the way to 24, or do you, at that point, once you have your outline and your bullet points, are you just kind of writing page to page? Yeah. It, just like you said there in the last part is we have yeah. the bullet points for the issue and then we have like the meat there and then we're just going to pay right from page one to 24. And then obviously we, we all understand that there's a lot more drafts than you don't write something you're like okay this is it you know you have it and then you have to go back and readjust it and all that stuff as well but that's been the process that seems to be the fastest and works for us the most and uh and actually i'm glad we developed into that point because before it was just kind of like i have the idea now let's just make it all flow because like i said earlier that original issue one script was was it yeah. you know and we were able to expand that and make it three issues three almost four issues you know so that was a good thing for us to kind of stretch that all out and let people kind of gather all the stuff that was happening now beyond the length of that actually going back to that the the kind of bad um initial uh draft what what else was bad about it because i I think we've all been there like i think my first if i look at the first couple drafts of scripts i've written they've been pretty pretty terrible um you know both kind of technical errors for comics and just storytelling errors but what would you say were the things that you were like oh yeah these aren't good and i'm not going to make these mistakes again yeah uh the big one was the it's just so much happening and in, in a small kind of comic book. It, it's so much too fast. You know, there's no no breathing. There's no yeah. breath that you can like take as a reader or, or even the characters for instance. It's like too much. Uh, and then I noticed that too, too, with that being said, I noticed that the dialogue was very stiff. Mm-hmm. And then that was like the 
one of the things like okay hey why it just feels too stiff and then it, you know when we were thinking about it then it felt the dialogue just felt stiff which led to us being like there's too much happening that's why yeah. you know it's just it's just bang 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 it's just robotic yeah. you know and that and then after knowing that going forward it's it's you know having that in our mind constantly when we're writing issues to come it makes it it makes that process easier and, and that's always going to be in the back of our head that issue one was was going to be a disaster you know we yeah. you know good thing we we fixed it and we moved on from it and we learned from it as well before we even set it out there but it's it's good that we had that and i constantly think about it you know they are they constantly think about it as well that 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 could have been bad but you know we ended up working our way out of that yeah yeah no you're right i think mean, like that you just need that breathing room at times you know there's yeah, the moments yeah. where you just it just needs to breathe and be its own thing yeah, and not right. just hammer you with story um, so now what do you think, what are some of the challenges, um, writing for comics as opposed to write, you know, okay. So you've worked on, you, you know, at some point this was going to be a screenplay at some point, this would be a, a prose novel. Um, what makes comics different and more challenging? Like, what would you say to somebody who's getting into comics, um, that, you know, be your warning of here's how it's a little bit different from other storytelling styles. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, you know, cause I've worked on feature films and short films with Kelly and, you know, feature films with other people as well. And, 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 you know, working on those things, obviously I haven't filmed anything yet or, but the difference that I find, it, I mean, it can go hand in hand, but the, you know, cause I, the way I write the script for Avalon is, is very, you got to like be very, almost very specific. At least I am. I don't know how other people are, but I'm very specific with the panels. Uh, each one that I do, especially when I'm really strict on it, when something important is coming up, I'm very strict with the panels and like in the script and the sentences that what's going on, but you have to like, you have to like really specify the panels, but I feel like that's slowly going to fade away since the relationship between Demetrius and I have kind of grown and expanded. Mm -hmm. We kind of know each other at this point. Um, but right as of right now, that's what I found to be like different and a little, little more, not harder, but it's, it's just different. You know, it's yeah. different and you got to be more specific. I feel like in the comics and, uh, and actually make it because the page needs to look nice too. You yeah. need to have, proper things in that page just like i guess yeah. like in a movie where like there's a certain scene it needs to fit you can't just have random madness you know it needs yeah. to kind of flow properly and move you know with, you know left to right and all that so it, it's just like being very specific i feel like is different yeah that makes sense I, I, and that's good that's there that's something i wish i had like i don't as much as i love comics and and to an extent i have certain i have a good i think i have good ideas but yeah. the panel like you know it's it's kind of i i'm always uh, appreciative of an artist who can take the panel descriptions yeah. and then create a panel layout that looks nice, you know, yeah. take the idea. And then when the artist can say, Hey, I think this will look good. I'm always happy because it's like, they've got that visual mind that I don't have like that, you know, to, to really give, give that. Cause that's sure. always been the bigger challenge for me when, with writing the page is like, okay, I know roughly how many panels should be on this page for, to tell this story. But like the, the layout is always, you know, the, the, the thing that, that like a good artist can really, you know, take right and, and notches. Yeah, and and that's that's the fortunate thing for us as well. Where, uh, like I said, I I have a general understanding of when I'm writing it, like what the page will look like. But it, there's no way I'd be able to make it appease the eye like Demetrius does, yeah. or or even think of it like that before he even gets to it. So you know, having that, knowing that now, and having him being able to do that more and more, it, it makes my job and my life a little yeah. bit easier as I'm writing the script and kind of moving it forward. I'll have, like I said, general panels and all that stuff too. Two lines are there. I don't care, you know, because 90, 90% of the time he's, he's giving me a good page. 
Yeah. And now speaking of that story, so you do an interesting thing where it's mostly black and white, but with a little with yeah. with thread, right? And yeah. so what was the reason for that? Was it a story reason? Was it uh you know it's cheaper to do that? Like what, what was the reason for you to to t- to tell your story? Because it, it works, it pops, like the red yeah. really pops and makes sense. But I'm int- I would interested to know, like, yeah, what what made you make that choice? So yeah, it's actually kind of all those things. You know, the the original thing is like when Alan and I were first sitting there, we're like, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, because when we were messaging artists to kind of get quotes for, you know, pages in general, we realized that very, very expensive, some of them. And uh, then we're like, okay, let's just, why don't we do the black and white? But but then I obviously reading The Walking Dead as well, I, I wasn't too much of a fan where you couldn't, you can tell, but it's it's kind of annoying to like actually use your brain when you're trying to like be lost in the world that like what's blood and what's not, you know? So I was like, okay, why don't we just do black, white and blood? You know, you know that it'll, it'll pop and all that stuff too. And he's like, yeah, we'll do that. And then I don't even remember how the original idea came up, but I remember we both liked the idea that the last page you turn it and then boom, there's the color, you know, and that's going to, and then we both like that idea. And then we're like, okay, that's going to be the, the, you know, kind of the image of Avalon. And, you know, the ideas are always great. And I've said this in the past as well, but to have Demetrius be able to do it and make it shine too, is makes that idea seem a lot better. You know, the idea is one thing, but to have him blow it out of the water, it, it's, it's awesome for us. You know, it's awesome for Avalon too, because it just, it looks like now, you know, Avalon has its kind of thing that people will like see it and go, okay, that's Avalon. Cause he has his unique style. The great tones are great. The blood pops on every page when he yeah. puts it on there. It, it almost seems like wet and like coming off the page. And uh, he just blows that idea out of the water. He... So when it like when it comes to a story um, for you, what what makes a good story? Like and this could be your stories. It could be just when you're looking or reading something like what what what's it what's important to you? What are the important things for you as far as the story is concerned? The first thing I would say would be character development. Um, and that that kind of could be like a cop out, but just, you know, you mm-hmm. I want to be able to feel what the character's feeling or the main protagonist is feeling and, and understand what they're going through as well. And uh, that's and and having it feel real as well. And that's what we try to do with Avalon is really try to make it feel real and and really uh, shine light on the character development. And again, that's what's going to help with us adding Callie to the mix as well, because she you know she's a big person on character development as well and really. Uh, breaking the characters down and putting them in these hard situations as well. And that's kind of what I want to do as well. And I need to, and, and that we are doing, but you know, it's only going to get better with her as well and have more minds at the, at the helm here. But my, my biggest thing, would be just character development and story flow as well. I want to be, I need to be, be able to place like the original issue one was, and it's just, you just throw it away. How, now, how long do you, do you feel this series is going to be? How many books do you think, um, or is it just indefinite at this point? Yeah, right now it's just ongoing. It's it's going to yeah. go until basically we run out of ideas and we're yeah. done. You know, because like I said, I have a general way I want to end this thing. And uh, if it's going to be one of those things where if we feel like, okay, it's coming, you know, there's not much we can give to it, then we're going to work towards that. You know, it's kind of one of those things. So we have we have that plan where it's like when we're like done, given what we got or or the characters or whatever it is and all blah, blah, blah that that will be into the works but right now it's just ongoing until you know until then we have we have a lot of things we want to hit and make sure people see and these characters go through and build this world up as well and it's going to be a long time awesome so tell us about your kickstarter campaign yeah um this kickstarter is going to be issues four and five um we're doing both of them uh just because our main goal for this year was to get four issues out um every quarter of the year and really with issues four and five, I think, I think it's best to kind of hit them out back and back because back to back, because 
it really picks up right where issues two and three leave off. And it's like a bang, bang. And you get those answers for both of those issues that we left off. And, you know, it's, it's, it sucks even for somebody like me and, you know, whoever's reading us now is it sucks because now you got to wait a while, you know, and yeah. with this, you don't have to wait so long, you know, now we're really trying to really force this, force this out and get this out. It's, it script is done. Demetrius is almost done with uh, issue four here. He's going to be done with issue five here as well. Um, it's all going to be done in a timely fashion. Uh, obviously I checked with him before I decided to do the two issues. Like, can you do this? Is this good? Is this going to get done? And he's, he's, he's getting it done and all that stuff. He's banging out pages left and right, which is good for us and good for everybody who's looking at our project and making sure it's going to happen. It is, you know, but, uh, a lot of cool stuff as well. Uh, we have a lot of unique kind of things, uh, cheaper rewards. So for new, seeing it for the first time i could see it and go okay this is this is doable i can see what yeah. this is there's a lot of stuff to look at with the art um you know obviously we explain our storytelling elements and the realism and all that stuff we want to bring as well so for somebody if that intrigues anybody we want to keep the you know the pdf the bundle things and all that stuff kind of cheaper for people to kind of try us out yeah and uh one thing too that we're doing new is demetrius demetrius is from greece i don't know if i mentioned that earlier oh, yeah. but so he he does the artwork all, obviously all the way over there. I asked him if he could do a, original pencils of duo characters and uh, send those over to me. He did. I have them in eleven by seventeen prints of duo original pencils by uh, Demetrius. Grab one of them here to show it. Don't want to drop them, but oh, oh cool, nice. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, so he shipped those over to you. Yeah, so I have them and all that stuff too. They're cool posters, like I said, original yeah. pencils. There's only one of one, so and it comes with like the goodie bag and all that. And one of the big, our big kind of pledge is going to be the goodie bag that comes with all the PDFs and uh, that are out, variant covers, you know, the standard covers and all that good stuff. And it's going, and then the big, the big uh, reward is going to be somebody who wants to pledge for it will get a custom action photo made by Demetrius with the grayscale, the blood, and and it's right. going to be like an action pose and all the good stuff. So you could feel as if you're in that world, you know, by Demetrius kind of making that come to life for him. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So now tell me this being now your fourth, uh, you know, Kickstarter campaign. Uh, what have you learned? Like, what are your, what, um, what, how, how, what are the challenges, some things that have gone maybe well, gone not so well this time around? Like what, uh, you know, tell me about that. Cause it's such a process that I am not looking forward to, to uh, getting started at the end of the year. So, yeah. So uh, basically what I've learned so far is every Kickstarter is new, different, you, you know, it's, you learn from the last one, obviously, but then there's always something different about you editing your upcoming Kickstarter, whatever you're doing. And the process also is like, okay, now how am I going to market this? Like what, what you want to get your standard pledges in there and all that good stuff. And then you're, you want to get your unique kind of pledges in there for people who are like, okay, let's do this. And then you got to figure out how you're going to tell the story as since like if we're on number four, we're obviously doing issues one through five for catch up people as well. So how do you want to, like, how do you want to lay out the Kickstarter? So it was kind of going back and forth on how we wanted to do that and all that good stuff. But we ended up, you know, really showing off what we're doing now and then allowing for people to breeze by and kind of see the past issues as well. And kind of giving brief kind of a synopsis of what it, what it's about, kind of uh, explaining the artwork, explaining what Demetrius can do and what he does well and all that stuff as well. And really showing that stuff off. But it's just, you learn something new. It's always different. You never, yeah. you never, you never do one. You're like, okay, I got this. You know what I mean? This is good. Yeah. You know, 
Exactly. It never works that way. Seems like it's constantly changing. <laughs> um, so last question. So we we have a, kind of a, over the over the time I've been interviewing um, different uh, creators, I find everybody's got a, got their books. That's like this is the book that you know everyone needs in their library. So if you could give me two comics or graphic novels that that we should add to our what, what's going to be called like the Portable Hole Publishing Library, what two books would you say we should add to the library? Uh, the comic book I would say would be The Walking Dead. Okay. And. Right now, I'm reading Night of the Living Dead comic and The Crazies, which I didn't know was a comic. And okay. uh, I'm actually enjoying both of those. I, I never read the uh, Night of the Living Dead kind of comic book. I'm enjoying that actually a lot. I, I didn't realize it was going to be that good. But so I would say those two. And obviously, I would end it off with number four, Avalon. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, it was great talking to you. And um, yeah, we definitely hope, you know, I, I'm looking forward to issues four and five. Like I said, I, you know, not just saying it, like the, the books are really good. So anybody that's listening, Thank definitely you. jump on this campaign because it's a really great story. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show. It was no fun problem. time. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, leave a review. We can be found on all social media platforms at portable underscore whole. And we can be found on any of your favorite podcast platforms at Portable Hole Publishing. For any information about us, upcoming releases, or podcasts, you can check us out at portableholepublishing.com. And to email us, email us at portableholepub at gmail.com.